<laughs> Y'all remember this now. If you get up here and you start talking, are you preaching, are you teaching, we always encourage our leaders, do not chew gum. So don't look for a Kleenex, just swallow it. You don't even have to tell people you're going to swallow it. Just swallow it. Oh, you meant, yeah. Or whatever else you put in your mouth that you chew on. Well, good to be here. Uh, this prayer meeting is going to be great. We do have quite a few of our pastors. I think you're going to be out Friday. Kevin, you'll be out Friday. Carl's in Germany. Jay is in, in Hawaii. Mickey's in Florida. <laughs> but we'll, we'll do okay. So, so guys, we're asking you uh, to step up and come. It's going to be a good time. And how, how many of y'all know you have to be faithful to be fruitful? Amen. If you're not faithful, you will not be fruitful. And so uh, I want some people to move up close here and fill in the, the chairs. You know, if you're faithful to the request of the pastor, God will honor that. Yeah, shaka masata. Also, we would like to have a second uh, giving time offering. If you would like to give towards relief in Houston, uh, we have a team going that away, and uh, those finances will be funneled through them, will be funneled through uh, Rowdy. They're going to help some ministries. They're going to cook for people. Uh, matter of fact, they just got back. They brought some boats to go rescue people. <coughs> And so we have a lot of things going on here all the time. So we realize that not everybody's going to be in every service, but when you can come, uh, we want you to come. <clears throat> Let me say this. And I'm not patting myself on the back because we can all relate to this. We're here this morning because of my obedience to the Lord. This church would not be here. We would not be meeting. And you might say, Pastor, you're being proud. No, I'm telling you, your obedience counts. Had not we sacrificed, took a step of faith, and began to walk in a worthy manner in the call that God had on our life, we would not be meeting today. Well, I'd be in church somewhere. Well, not here though. Well, I would be serving God, prayerfully so, but we would not be here this morning had not Susan and I chose to be obedient to what he's calling us to. And so you need to be obedient in what God is calling you to. Because people's destinies are depending on your obedience. People's promotion are depending on your obedience. People's healings, people's salvation, people's deliverance, 
people knowing Jesus, coming to Jesus and fulfilling the call on their life depends on your obedience. So this is not a game, Christianity. It's not a come to church type thing. This is a, this is a, a, a lifestyle, but it's Christ's lifestyle living in us. So this is serious what we do. This is just not some Sunday morning, come join up, some Sunday morning, uh, come get a little lift so you can make it through the next week. This is the army of God. This is God's people that's going to continue the work of Christ, his ministry in the earth today. Do y'all get this? This is so serious. You know, we don't, we don't come to church because we have to. We don't gather uh, you know, because we have to. We, I don't witness because I have to. I witness because I want to. Witnessing is not hard for me. It's not even, uh, you know, I just do it. I don't even think about it. And if I miss somebody, I just was not thinking. But when I'm thinking about witnessing, I just witness. It's not hard to pray. I just pray. It's not even hard for me to preach. I just preach. It's not even hard to prophesy. It's all by the grace of God. We, we need to excel in the grace of God. So quit making Christianity so hard because it's really not about us. It's about him living through us. Amen. Matter of fact, there's Christians in the world today. Let me say this before I go on because we're a progressive church and I don't mean that in a way of being liberal on the left. We're a progressive church because we're following the Lord. And so a progressive church gets out the boat and gets in the oceans of impossibilities. But it's possible with God. If you're not wanting to live without limitations, you just need to stay in the boat. <laughs> and there's a lot of people in the boat church it's comfortable, no, no risk. Matter of fact, there's a crowd in the boat. Matter of fact, they grew up in the boat. Peter was very familiar with the boat. And so to be progressive, you have to be called out of what's simply possible and you got it all figured out and it's comfortable into the come over here. And so God is calling people out of the religious comfortability. I don't even know what the word. But you understand. And so you'll be stretched. You'll be challenged because it's progressive. I'm a progressive pastor. I'm not a boat pastor. <laughs> I am just not a boat pastor. If the boat starts to sink, I'll probably go help you, but... As far as you just being in the boat, you got it all figured out. And so I want to continue to be a progressive pastor, one that's calling people beyond what they know, calling people beyond what they're familiar with, calling people to a place of, of pioneering and places that are uncharted. Come on, somebody. <clears throat> and listen. There's people in countries right now. You know how you know they're a Christian? Because they're on a hit list. 
And if you're in that country and you're not going to be killed, you're not a Christian. That's just the way it is. And so the freedoms that we have, and so I'm calling us out of what we're in into the freedoms that we really have, not only in this country, but also in Christ. So I'm calling you out the boat. Now this is, I'm going to warn you ahead of time. <laughs> Don't come out the boat if you plan on going back. If you're going to come out the boat and you start thinking about what's behind you or what's going on in the natural, you are going to sink and you are going to drown. So when the Lord is calling you out, you have to come out. You understand? And you can't be listening to who's in the boat. You can't be listening to the natural or you will drown. That's what happens to so many Christians. You know how health clubs are run and you know what a health a successful health club is based on the human tendencies of not following through <laughs> they, they run their health clubs gyms on non-active members and a lot of churches are operated on non-active members. They just drop something in the basket and now we are for you and you for us and we got this connection. I'm not running this house on non-action members. <laughs> We're going to get healthy. We're going to use the gym of God. One person got it. And no condemnation on those that are in the boat. It's okay. Maybe you're not ready. But open your heart up. Because the Lord is saying, come. And so I got saved from myself to him. That's why it's so easy for me to tell people about Jesus. I did this before I was a pastor. He saved me from me, and he saved me to himself for his kingdom. So I'm saved to do something. I have a purpose. I have a destiny in Christ. I'm a laborer of the Lord. Y'all got this. So we need to be the real deal. And, and don't, don't feel shame, condemnation, or guilt. We're all at different stages and ages and phases. But the Lord is calling us to be his church. That's what church means. Ecclesia, called out ones. And so he's calling you out of the world uh, to himself. I don't know how far I'll get today, but I'm going to challenge you. Who's ready to be challenged? Yeah. I'm going to talk to the you in you. <laughs> There's a you in you that people hadn't seen yet. And that's what the, what the, what the, what the Lord has always done. He's called people. He's called them things before they were those things. I mean, he called Peter out of the boat to walk on water when Peter couldn't even imagine doing that. You know, Peter had water figured out. <laughs> he lived on the water. And so for him to be called out of something he was very familiar with, 
it's also possible for us to do the same thing. And what it is that needs to be a shift in your thinking. You know, when you think right, according to the word of God, you'll get happy. You really will get happy. I tell people all the time, they feel I'm down. I said, you're thinking wrong. If you could know how the Lord's thinking about you and all the provision that he's already provided for you, you start thinking on things that are holy and pure and just and, and noble and praiseworthy. And Paul said, and, and the things you've learned and received from me and the things you saw me do, think on these things, you get happy. And the problem is you're not thinking right. So when you think right, you understand, you can see right. And if you see right, you can say right. Because confession has something to do with faith. And so if you can think right, you see right. If you see right, you say right. If you say right, you can begin to walk right. And you begin to see the fruitfulness of the Lord in your life. Y'all getting this? Y'all really getting this? Sheketa Manaya. God called Abram out. And Abram means good father. And God is calling somebody out into something they're not yet. So God has named him Abram, good father. He ain't had a kid yet. He's older than me now. And he's never had a kid. And he's calling him good father. You understand God is speaking to the Abram in him. And then he changes his name to Abraham, the breath of God. H-A in the Hebrew, it means the life, the breath of God, Abraham. And so now, listen, and I don't know, y'all tell me if God's like this with you. I'm, I'm like Abram. I'm still trying to get this part of me right. You know what I mean? I'm still working on Abram. Good father. I ain't that yet. Like Abram. And then God calls you to another place. Abraham. <laughs> father of many nations. It's like, Lord, I ain't got a kid yet. I'm still working on the old me. And you calling me to something before I even get this right. Boy, is God stretching us. And that's how he works. He will always work like that. He's always calling the real you out. He's always seeing more than we can see. But when you begin to see what he sees, that's revelation. You can begin to shake your heart to it. Yes. And you can begin to walk in that direction. And then Sarai, he was calling her to have children. But she hadn't had a child yet. And then so God breathed on her. Sarah, Sarah, Sarah. So now she's, now aren't you glad, I bet, I bet Abram Abraham was glad he had us they're yoked together so that's always a good thing to do 
especially if you're single. You got a call on your life. Don't you yoke up with someone that don't have part of the destiny that you're going to in your own life. How many single people we got here? Let me, let me tell y'all something. Because I don't like when people say these things. I'm waiting for the right one. I understand that. But if you're waiting for one out of seven billion, you ain't gonna, you ain't gonna run into them. I'm just telling you right now. There's one made for me. Well, what if they're an Eskimo? How you gonna find that one? <laughs> you understand the traits you're looking for are in Christ. And so God makes that person and I just don't believe they're just one. I believe it's the one in Christ and the one that fits you. And so I just, that's my own little thing. And so that should make it easier. They're closer than you think. <laughs> they're being made in Christ. So you understand that Abraham he, he needed a shift in his life. And that shift was not going to come in, until he could understand what the Lord was trying to say. As soon as you get the revelation, there's a shift. And when you don't have that revelation, there's not going to be any change. Y'all with me? And we can look all through the Bible. There's, there's been shifts. And I, I'm believing today there's going to be a shift for you and your family in, in many, many areas, not just one area. It could be a shift in finances. It could be a shift from fear to faith. It could be a shift to another dimension in walking with the Lord. It could be a shift that you can see that uh, your life before you is more prosperous than you ever uh, have known but just a shift and that shift will come when you see something I, I was reading this testimony about uh, years ago there was an earthquake and it didn't happen in New Zealand but New Zealand got the uh, repercussions of it and because of that they said that New Zealand moved two foot towards Australia so there was a shift just because of the tectonic plates. I don't know if y'all know this. I don't know a whole lot about it, but these mountains that shoot up into the sky, sometimes they find the sea and they, feel, they, they find fossils of sea. But well, I believe that there's just a shifting in the earth all the time. And things are being shoved up and pressure's being put on here and pressure's being, and things are just being pushed around in the earth. Well, it's the same thing that happens when the fire comes. Yes. There's just things that start to shift. Man, I didn't know salvation was available. When we sat around playing rock music years ago, I never once said, hey, hey, stop, listen. Put your cigarettes down and all your paraphernalia down. Hey, listen, <laughs> listen, listen. I'm going to be a pastor one day. I never, I never could say that because I didn't know. But then I got saved and there was a shift. Oh, yeah. 
All of a sudden, I'm thinking right. I'm happy, full of joy. I got purpose because of a shift. And I believe that happens continually in our Christian life. Because if God did it all at one moment, we would just disintegrate. <laughs> if God would have told me everything that I'd, I'm doing now when he called me, I would have ran scared. And so he just gives me a thimble full of goodness every day, every day. He's training me to listen to him, to follow him. Amen. Amen. There was a shift. Uh, John the Baptist was preaching repentance. And then this was his anointing. He did it well. And then all of a sudden, there was a shift when he pointed to the Messiah, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And all of a sudden, the baton was handed off to someone else. And I believe there's going to be some things changed. There's going to be things handed off to people in this service today. It could be a promotion in your job. It could be finances from, from the sea, <laughs> coming from places you did not even know of. But things just being handed off. God's drawing you to him because he has more for you. You know, I was reading a story about Moses. He had a call on his life, even in his mother's womb. But Pharaoh was killing all the firstborn. So she was just led by the Spirit to put him in a basket in the Nile. And then the little basket and the little baby you know, floated right up to Pharaoh's daughter's home. And uh, she rescued, the Bible says she drew him out. That's what God does. He draws people out. He draws people out to himself and to his purposes. And if you're going to be a great leader, I got a word for you. You will be alone at times. You will be alienated many times because people won't understand you. You start walking on water. You start coming to the word of God. You begin to be what God has calling you to be. You'll look like a fool. You'll be talked about. You'll be ridiculed. You'll be ostracized. You'll be hated. I bet this is not preaching on Sunday mornings in church. But this is what soldiers need to know. You need to count the cost of where we're going and what we're going to do. So who wants to be a fool for Christ? In other words, you're so sure of what he's calling you to, what people say, it doesn't bother you anymore. You really feel for them. <laughs> you know, we were accused years, years ago of taking everybody's W-2 form and seeing what they make and then demanding they pay a tithe on that. That's what was going around, tithe, around town. That we are collecting everybody's W-2 forms and then we're demanding them to pay 10% of everything you pay, everything you receive. I mean, the stories we could tell about what people are saying about us. And we just laugh at them. It, it doesn't even scar us, hurt us. 
because we're serving Jesus. We're in the kingdom of God. It's what we want to do. We know he's, you know, the, the simple way to witness is to know that Jesus is alive. Me and Timmy were talking this morning. The greatest question ever asked in all of the time of mankind was what Pilate said. What do you want me to do with this man? Jesus, the Messiah. That's what we do when we witness. We're asking people, what are you going to do with Jesus? I'm asking you, what are you going to do with this Jesus? He's not going to leave you alone. He's, he's interceding for you in heaven. And it's not all for the things that we really think he's interceding for. You know, new car and all that's good. He's interceding that we would walk worthy of his call because your life is important to him. I mean, he saved you to him, but it's, your salvation is for him. You have to see your purpose. You have a greater value than, than your bank account or what you live in or who you know. And it's, it's very, very important that we be obedient. And it doesn't have to be hard. Anybody know when they miss it? <laughs> Anybody missed it and it's like, God. Well, if you can know you missed it, you can know how to do it right. You understand, if the Holy Spirit convicts you about missing it, you don't think he'll lead you into what's right? He will, but we have to be sensitive to him. Y'all are a good crowd this morning. I appreciate your attention. I see it. There's serious, serious people here this morning. You want to go to the next level. I'm going to read, read a couple of scriptures. This is in 1 Kings 19. And I'm going to start in verse 19. So Elijah went from there and found Elisha. Notice Elisha didn't find himself. Elisha wasn't looking to be found. A man of God found him. A man of God was led to him. And the Bible says Elijah found Elisha. You know, you didn't find Jesus. He found you. He knew right where you were. I was lost, and he found me. I just, I, I figured out he always knew me, so I was always founded in him. But I was lost, but he knew where I was supposed to be. God knows where you're supposed to be. And he doesn't hold that information back. You know, like we do our kids. We bribe them. I'll do this if you do. I mean, God's not, he's not like that. He'll just show you the end. He'll give you a preview and a glimpse of what's to come. And he goes with us wherever we go, whatever he calls us to do. Isn't that good? So Elijah went from there and found Elijah. You know what Elisha means? God saves. That's what his name means, God saves. He was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen. And he himself was driving the 12th pair. Revelation. Everybody say Revelation. revelation. 
You don't have to be first to do big things for God. He was 12. You don't have to be second to go to the next dimension, the next level. You could be 65th and get the revelation and then all of a sudden you felt like you were last but now you're first. That's what God does. A quick little testimony and I'm not going to use this against my missionaries, but Jeremy was asked to uh, translate for Rodney Howard Brown in Cambodia. <laughs> and it just happened to work out they couldn't translate a service in Cambodia. Sir, what did I say? Good, so. <laughs> anyway, I, I may have had something uh, to do with him not being able to do that because that telephone call that came, I think that's what it was about. And so anyway, my point is you need a little preparation before you translate in Kamai because the little sayings that we have in America, you just can't say those. Uh, what was it, Jason? Oh, Jason was preaching. He said, I threw my back out. So Cambodians are trying to picture a back being thrown out. <laughs> and, and there's so many of those things that we say that we understand that you just, it will shut the service down. And so Jeremy could not really do it. And plus it's six hours away they were called at last moment. And I heard Danielle keep saying, she kept saying, well, they should have called us earlier. They should have called us earlier. And I hadn't told her this yet. They should have called us earlier. I'm going to tell her. The reason they didn't call you? Because you were not next on the list. You were probably 35th on the list. You were just not on the list. But anything can shift in a moment where the last is first. But you have to be prepared and you have to be ready. And when you step out, you don't look back. I mean, the 12 that got in the boat were on the list to do something that man had never done before. And Peter, impetuous Peter, I mean, you know, he messed everything up, rebuked Jesus. and He was probably one of the last of the 12 in my eyes, but he got called. Somebody say, that's flavor right there. That's some good flavor right there. So my, my point in all of this is, it's not how you see yourself, it's how God sees you. And so the Lord saw Elijah and sent Elijah, and he was working the 12th oxen. 
Elijah went up to him and he threw his cloak around him, his cloak around him. That's the mantle. That's the anointing. I mean, he just, he just threw it on him. And basically what that cloak represented was, follow me. That's, that's what, it was the anointing. Jesus would do the same one. Jesus was the anointed one with the anointing and he would watch people and then he would just say, follow me. And he said, I will make you. And so that's what this was all about, the anointing, follow me. And so when he threw the anointing, it wrapped all around him. I remember when the Lord told me, follow me. I remember the call. I remember the drawing out. I remember the Holy Spirit wooing me to a greater life than I'd ever known. Uh, a life of not, anything's possible with God. Y'all remember that? Any, and it's, I'm still in that life. Anything is possible with God. Well, that's the anointing. That's the wooing. That's the power of God. That's the spirit of the Holy Spirit. That's the Holy Ghost. And Elijah then left his oxen and ran after Elijah. He didn't pray. He was ready. You know, I heard the testimony about giving. You know, people are still praying about giving. You need to seed. You can pray till you're blue in the face, but the multiplication comes when you actually seed something. You know, people are still praying about, you know, their family getting saved and leading people to the Lord, but if you, you can pray till you're blue in the face until you get out there and put some seed in the ground. It's not going to happen. And so the penetrating power of your prayer is becoming a laborer and begin to seed. Elijah then left his oxen and ran after Elijah. This, this dude had an empire. He was a, a major former. Let me kiss my father and mother goodbye, he said, and then I will come with you. And Elijah said, go back. You know, sometimes we don't even realize the effect we have on people when we're talking to them in the anointing and using the word of God. I don't think Elijah really knew what was about to happen. He wrecked this guy's life. Y'all know that's what we do. We wreck people's old life. We come in and they all comfortable, satisfied, familiar. They're even enjoying the sin that they're in for the moment because it's pleasurable. And then we come in and we just start saying this words of life. We just start saying, I don't think Elijah really knew what was going to happen because you know he just came out of oppression. Jezebel was after him and he thinks he's the only one on the planet that God is using. And God says, I got 7,000 just like you and they have not bowed their knee to any false god or kissed anything else. They're in love with me. And so now he's just he's probably being obedient with a bad attitude. I don't know. But he speaks and he throws the cloak. We, he loosed the anointing. He let the spirit do what the spirit wanted to do through him. And because of that, this man, a shift came. Just a, a, an amazing shift began to happen. 
What have I done to you? That's Elijah. This guy runs back, kisses his mama, his parents, leaves his possessions, letting go of his position. He takes all of the wood of the apparatus that yokes the oxen. He chops it all up. He chops all the oxen up and he just burns it. This dude is serious. That's why I'm always looking for that Elisha when I go witness. I'm always looking for another Kevin Ray. I'm, I'm always looking. There's treasures in these people that we see. That's all I see. I mean, they'll cuss you. They'll blow smoke in your face. They, I mean, they say everything wrong. They say I'm Buddhist. I'm Hindu. I'm a, I'm a spiritual person. And I mean, it's so goofy, all of it. It doesn't even bother you. You're still looking and you see a treasure inside of them. It's almost like if you knew what I knew, you let it all go. That's how I, that's how I look at things. And if you don't see Christ as powerful as that, and everybody becomes your candidate for getting saved, they can, they can't. I mean, you understand, you can't flow with the Spirit like that. Everybody is a treasure. Just hadn't been found yet. Hadn't been discovered yet. People are important. I hope we all run out of here today. I'm looking, what you doing? I'm looking for Elisha. <laughs> Look, they're driving a Mercedes. I'm looking for Elisha. The clerk, the waitress, the yeah. waiter. They, they all, little Elishas this great destiny that's ahead of them, but they don't have a clue. You ever get around people they don't have a clue? Well, that's why they have you. <laughs> don't get mad at them because they don't have a clue. Don't get mad at them because they're living wrong. We're the messengers. We're the ups people. We're delivering the package. He said, go back. What have I done? What have I done to you? I've messed some people up. I'm proud of it. Knock you off of drugs in the name of Jesus. Got you out of a divorce, back to your marriage. Come on. You were so stuck on yourself. You stayed stuck in life. Just on and on. You the same way, man. We engage people. We begin to minister people and we see them set free. Come on. And he took his yoke of oxen, slaughtered them. He burned the plowing equipment to cook the meat and gave it to the people. If, who wants change? It's going to burn. Something going to burn. <laughs> when I took Jeremy to Cambodia, I said, you learn the language in one year, I'm going to come back and preach. He told me three years later, he said, man, when you told me that, I felt a burn. <laughs> he said, I felt a burn, the weight, the responsibility. But he said, I'm glad I did that. Yes. And some things you're going to have to burn because if you don't, you're going to have to get rid of it. It's going to have to be eradicated because if you don't, you'll go back to it. You have to, I'm telling you, you have to do away with it. I remember when I got saved, I played music. And then we, we, we spun records. We spun them. We DJed because there's more money in it. 
and I had album boxes of albums and I remember when it was when I got saved I looked at all of that garbage and the message that those people were preaching leading multitudes of people to hell and on drugs and every bad thing that comes with all of that uh, somebody said can I have it I said no <laughs> Somebody said, well, just put it out the road. I said, no, those garbage men are like me. They're looking for stuff. I took every album and I broke it over my leg. I said, nobody's going to listen to this. Nobody's going to listen to this. Nobody listen to this. If you quit drinking, don't go give your drink to some boozer. If you quit drugging, don't sell your drugs so you have some money to a drug addict. I mean, somebody needing drugs. Please, just do away with it. Y'all here? So, things need to burn and you need to burn. That's the fire of God. Man, when you're stepping out into something unfamiliar because you know it's the Lord, there's a burn on the inside. I mean, it's like, <laughs> that's when you know you're serious with Christ. You're stepping into things, uncharted waters, on places of you're not even familiar with, but you know that you know that you know it's the Lord. And, he's, and he set out to follow Elijah and became his attendant. You know, I started thinking about this. His service to Elijah was important, but his fellowship with Elijah was most important because he was going to become a mentor. And so we're only serving in the house of God because there's such a supply here. So when you get connected to the body of Christ in serving, you understand, then a lot of things that are not taught are just caught. It, it just comes. It's just, you know, if my children lived in my house. I didn't have to teach them a whole lot. They just watched. And now they're doing what we did in my household. That's scary right there if you're not doing it right. I'm telling you, I don't want you smoking. And you just puffing all the time. They're going to smoke. My mama gave me the keys to go to church. She gave me the car keys to go to church. I just started driving. How many of y'all know I didn't go to church? <laughs> How many of y'all know why I didn't go to church? Because she didn't go to church. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm not saying she always didn't, but at that time she did. And so what we do, people are watching. always looking for Elijah. He was plowing. You know, God is looking for people that are just busy, just doing what they know to do. That's all Elijah knew is just plow. All I knew to do is cut trees down. I, I, just, I just did what I knew to do to provide for my family. I just did it. And God found me in my labor faithful to another man's business. That's how he found me. I was just faithful in what I was called to do. And I was doing it the best that I knew how. And God found me. Wow. Follow me. Y'all ready? There's a mantle going to fall here tonight. Today? Tonight? There's a mantle going to fall on people today to make that shift, to make that call to take that step. Amen. Burn. He burned the, the plow. 
he's saying the lesser life is over. That old life, that natural life, that limited life, that boat life, it's over. I'm moving on. And I'm telling you, when you make decisions like this, and we've made them time after, you know, you don't just start a church, go $660,000 into debt, and then two weeks later just say, you know what, I don't think I'm going to do this. Right. <laughs> we always, when we step out in the Lord, we step out in doing something for God, we put a stake in the ground. We will always, it will cost us we, we do something that we can't go back. When I went to Cambodia, we rented something. We bought in. Yo, whenever I step out, I'm, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do something in the natural to make it hard for me to go back. When I got saved, you know what I did in the natural? I went telling everybody I was saved. I, I told everybody right away because some kind of way I knew 20 years down the road, 30 years down the road, they're going to remember what I said, but it was foolish to them and it made no sense. So now today, after 30 years, people are putting together what I said 30 years ago. I'm saved with living right. And they don't understand all of me, but they understand I love Jesus. They put salvation, saved with Jesus. I made it a point to do that. And so whenever, when you step out today, you make a commitment to the Lord. Don't you be like a, a member of a gym. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then it's February and you quit going. We make a commitment to the Lord. And will we fail? Will we fall short? Probably. But keep your sight on what he's called you to. Those the Lord uses the most holds on to the least. If you holding on to your life, if you're trying to save your life, you'll never find his life. But if you lose your life, you'll find your life in Christ. And so the Lord knows who's holding on to what. You can be greedy and be broke. So it's heart issues. God knows who trusts him. And God knows who are his or hers. Who are his. Don't you desire to pass the life of Jesus to somebody else? That's what Jesus did. He said, listen, I'm going to go to the cross. I'm going to plant a seed. It's going to be my life. That I can pass my life to you. I am so thankful. So what do we do? Same thing. We're just passing the life that Christ gave us to everybody else. And it's a life he gave us. We didn't work for. We didn't attain on our own. He gave us by grace his life that we could live it and give it away. That's good stuff right there. So let's talk about getting out the boat. Who's ready? And you know, we're all at different places. And it's just going to take that shift. And God could do it. You know, we're in a, a massive 
leadership change in this church. It's been going on for about a year. There was a shift. People were sent, people moved, and then all of a sudden, I, my leadership's looking around and it's like, we need some help here. That's where we are right now. And so what happened was, we started spotting people that we never saw them before. And they were prepared, and they were some of, some of the people were like number 25th maybe. <laughs> but when the shift came, they were prepared. So listen, while you serve in the Lord, if you can't serve good, you're not going to be ready for the shift. Because if you're not following good, you ain't going to lead real good at all. And so you understand, everything's a preparation. Everything is a preparation. And God knows right where you are. And God knows when the shift is going to be made. And he knows those are, that are prepared in their heart and are ready to take that step. Could be marriage. Could be a promotion. It could be ministry. It could be another level in a relationship. It, it could be anything. I'm going to say it again. Elisha didn't know the call was coming. Elisha didn't know the ship. He was just plowing, just being faithful. And then all of a sudden, the anointing hit him. The man of God's cloak fell on him. And all of a sudden, he had new direction in life that he never thought about. And it all came through the messenger. Come on, I hope y'all getting this. calling us out he's calling us in to what he desires when the shift happens you become something else and you start doing different things just because a shift came I don't think Peter was ever the same Walking on water. Come on, somebody. We know Elisha was never the same. I mean, there was this deterrent. This shift was so powerful, it enabled him to follow a man for years when the man kept resisting him and trying to leave him. And then all the school of prophets, the people in there, were telling. Elisha, that your master's going to leave you. So they were discouraging too. And so the tendency to back off and not to finish the race in Elisha's life, he had all the natural elements not to follow, but something inside of him. Something inside of him. He wanted what he saw in his master. <clears throat> and then one day he had the guts to actually ask his master, do you have the guts to ask your master what he wants for your life? That's scary. I remember years ago going across the old bridge and I, my heart was right. And I said, Lord, whatever you want me to do, I would do it. And I started trembling and shaking because I didn't know what he was going to say. 
and I was just, I was already in the flow of what he had called me to do, and it was very challenging. I was leaving things. I was leaving people. I was leaving businesses. I was leaving, losing money, sowing money. You know, come to think about what you were saying, I've preached in a lot of different places, and I've always received offerings, and usually we pay to get there wherever we going and just about every offering I just sow it back and Susan would say you know how much money was in there I said I have no idea give it back I don't want to know I have no idea just give it back this life is not our life <clears throat> unless we make it our life this life is about his life living through us to accomplish everything he wants to do. <clears throat> so we in the boat. I believe with all of my heart, I've preached this message that in the boat probably were the 12 baskets because Jesus told them after they all were fearful, you know, and Jesus got in the boat with Peter and the rest of the disciples and they went to the other side he said didn't you remember the multiplication of the fish and loaves I bet they all looked at those baskets and said we missed it again I mean how many times do we have to see God's faithfulness how many times do we have to see he will do what he promises he will do he will perform his word and so you know Let's look at it like this. You in the boat of life right now. And in that boat, there's baskets of testimonies of what the Lord has already done. The favor. The place you were, but now where you are today is phenomenal. Only God. And so just in a couple of minutes, just think about the baskets of blessings that the Lord has given you. And some people, it's different for others. It's just different. I'm glad y'all in the United States. I'm glad y'all in the United States. You might not think it's a big thing. To them, it's big to be in the United States. There may be somebody in here that are off of drugs. You never use drugs. You, don't, you might not think it's a big thing. A big thing. This lady back here I was giving a testimony this morning. She got a basket of blessings. Her husband could never see in his left eye, got healed in his service. From birth, he could never see and got healed. She fractured all of her arm and wrist, and God supernaturally healed her. That's a basket of blessings. And she was pointing to one little knot on her finger. You know, Jacob had the same thing. Sometimes your lip will just remind you of what he's already done. And he's not finished. You understand? He's just not finished, but it reminds me of what he's already done. Am I perfect? No way. But I'm not what I used to be. Yeah. 
And I know most of you here, you a mess. <laughs> now you a message. <laughs> See, when the shift is made, you become something that you were not. You have the opportunity to become something you never were before because the shift came. Moses was supposed to go into the promised land. Something happened. Joshua was ready. There was a shift. All of a sudden, he gets, he's first where he was second. Jesus brought the biggest shift ever on the planet. He was first when he was here. Of course, his father was first, but his father made his son first. First to all of us that's been born again. <clears throat> but there was a shift. <clears throat> Nobody saw it coming. Jesus said, I'm leaving. There needed to be a shift. Had not that shift come, we wouldn't even be together right now. Because Jesus had the Holy Ghost in mind. He said, I'm leaving, but I'm not going to leave you alone. And so when that shift was made, the Holy Spirit had his way. Come on. And because he had his way, he lives in me and he lives in you. And Jesus is still having his way because the Holy Spirit lives in me and lives in you. Come on, somebody. We've seen so many shifts in this church. I have watched people from oppression to joy incurable diseases to totally being whole. Radical, rebellious children change in a moment. Just a shift. <laughs> drug addict to power. We're still believing for drug dealers. They just manage money better than drug addicts. So. <laughs> What's the Lord showing you? What's your next step? Man, I hope it's not just to come to church the rest of your life. And listen, we, we will be together, but we won't always look at each other. You understand? I mean, I'd love to keep you, but it's, it's like catch and release here. <laughs> Y'all know why they catch and release? So they can send that mama fish, go make more fish, go make more better fish. So it's all catch and release, catch. And we just view it, we hold it, we cherish it, we together with it, and then we release to go do something greater than the one that caught you. Come on, somebody. Yeah. Amen. 
told the men last week, if you were here, that, you know, sin is really not our problem. We're not humble. You humble yourself, seek the Lord and pray, then sin just disappears. When you seek the Lord, humble yourself and pray, communing with Him, you just automatically turn from your wicked ways and all of your land begins to get healed. I wrote, this just got in my spirit this morning. And when something, just a couple of words get in my spirit, the only way I can remember it is put it on Facebook because people remind you of things on Facebook. I'm serious. That's the only reason I do it. It's a good place to lodge it and it'll always be there. And the Lord told me that sin's sacred secret is silence. Just keep it hidden. Keep it hidden. Keep it hidden. Keep it hidden. And listen, church people, we are the masters of faking it. How you doing? Fine. You just slap your kids about six times, put whelps on their face. We, we the masters at faking it. We are the cover-up kings. And the reason we keep covering things up is because we won't humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God. Can you stop right there, sister? I want to say something to you. I won't hold you long because I know this is important. But, but I remember what y'all were telling me about your husband, that he needs to go do what you did. And I think you said, baby, you need to humble yourself. And because people will stay in the silence of their sin and not humble themselves before the power and the hand of God, and they'll live in it the rest of their life. But the moment you humble yourself to the counsel of the Lord, whether it come through a pastor, a loving wife, people that you know, and you just begin to seek and put that, that word in your heart, then you'll see the power of that word help you, grace you, turn from that wicked way, and the next thing you know, your land begins to be healed. You are released to go to the bathroom right now. <laughs> Being humble is not having an opinion when God speaks to you. I mean, when God speaks to you, don't be stupid. Y'all ever watch people get around seasoned ministers and, and these people do all the talking around a seasoned minister? Well, don't do that here because the minister will come tell me who you are and how big of a jerk you were. They will come tell me that. You know, this person in your church, they just went on and on about what they know. I said, they don't know nothing. You understand, when God comes around and wants to talk, shut up. Matter of fact, get in a place that he can talk to you and just shut up. Who wants to get ahead in life? Shut up. Meet the Lord. Humble yourself. <laughs> Seek his face. Pray. Communicate with him. And then you'll just see yourself begin to turn. 
Do things you thought you never could do. Live in areas and realms that you thought you could never live in before. God's about to do something great in your life. And I don't think, but I don't think there's but a handful of people here ready for this. Everybody's else, everybody else is ready to leave and go eat. And so if that's you, you're released. Of course, we cover it up so good, we're not going to get up. <laughs> y'all, know, y'all know how we are. I know how you are. You wait till pastor turns your head and he's walking over here praying in the spirit. Phew! <laughs> now listen, I'm just being funny to show you how we are. When God is speaking to our hearts and God is wanting us to change, really for our own benefit, for our family's benefit, for the benefit of those that are watching us and the benefit of the kingdom of God. So we, we have got to take a step out of the boat. Enter the supernatural. Come, come. I'm gonna ask a question. I might get a couple of answers. But I believe God is calling people to do something, change. God is calling people to change in an area. So I would like three people to tell me right now, just three, what that area is, if God's speaking to you. If nobody raises his hand or her hand, I'll just say I missed it. I'll be honest, I missed it, but I know I didn't miss it. I know I'm not missing it. There's an area that God wants you to change in, and I just want you to say, what is it? Amen. I got a better word than that. Do what he tells you to do, exactly what he tells you to do the rest of your life. But start the year. That's a goal. That's really good. Anybody else? Be very pursuant of his word. Amen. Be a student of his word. Listen, it's easy to listen to preachers. But you need to begin to dig. You know the guy that laid a foundation for his house? He actually had to dig down himself to something that was hard. So you need to dig in the word of God till you get it that you know it's solid. As you said, profess to everyone you see. And that helps you maintain. Because if you don't profess it, you've got a place to hide. Mm-hmm. Go tell everybody that the world will hold you accountable for your love of Jesus. That's what I did. I I said it to everybody that they, that I would be snared by my own words from the world. You said you were a Christian. You said you, you love Jesus. You said you were not doing this anymore. You said you quit this and you quit that. I did say it. Now I probably fell short in some areas, but listen, The Bible says a prophet is not known in his own city. That's what Jesus said, not accepted. Well, Jesus only had three and a half years to prove himself. I've had 30. So we got time to get it right if you hadn't got it right. Anybody else? What's your change? What's the the major change? 
You know why people are not talking up? Because they're going to hold you to what you said. People are scared. <laughs> you understand, when we say things in church by the Spirit of God, the cool thing is our brothers and our sisters can keep us accountable. That's not bad. That's not control. That's not manipulation. We have said things that God put on our heart and we need the body of Christ to help us. And so that's why we say things. Chris? That's a good plug for Superior. <laughs> I'll tell you what. For you to say that in a congregation with your boss right there, that takes being brave. Yeah. That takes some yeah. guts. That takes some courage. And that's what Christians cover up. They don't say what needs to be done because somebody will hold them to it. That's what we need. We need support. We need encouragement. We need accountability. Anybody else? Kyle, I'm going to tell you, tell you something because I love you. And I don't want it to happen again. And I'm going to talk to you like a daddy. You, the, you give the biggest response in church when somebody's preaching than anybody else. Don't y'all like that? But your response in life don't show it. Step it up. You step it up. If you're going to clap to every good preaching because you're understanding it, you need to apply it. And the grace of God is there for you. Don't be sloppy with your life. Don't play with the word of God. Practice it. Apply it. Put it in your life. Amen? You know, you know times I've had to do this because I've told people over and over and I care for their life. And I'm concerned about where their life is going. And so I will actually do this in a congregation. Challenge somebody so the whole congregation can help me because I care for you. And I don't want you in the enemy's hand any longer. And he wants to totally set you free. So you need to practice the word. And everybody here loves you. I love you. I'm not condemning you. This is good. Anybody else? and patience. Anybody else? You ask a difficult thing. <laughs> uh -uh, that's good. That's really, that's really good. Quiet. Yeah. Hear the word of the Lord. Anybody else? This is good. This is church. This is the way we talk to family. This is how you should talk to your family at home. You should get sit down and talk about things that are real. Right here.
called wisdom. Ask the Lord. Yeah, I think y'all doing good. We'll help that we can grow in that area. Grant? You know, this shift that's going on, it cannot happen and continue if you keep looking back. Something happens in Genesis. Something happened in Genesis that all of a sudden Adam and Eve went the wrong direction. And then God came looking for them. And they hid behind the bushes. And they said, we're naked. And God said this. Listen to this. Who told you? See, the people that told you things are holding you back. People that told you things that's not scriptural can hold you back. Things you did that are not scriptural, that are wrong, can hold you back. But God's perception of them never changed. His best interest was still for Adam and Eve. He knew exactly where they were, but they lost their identity and their relationship in their heart and their mind to him. He never changed. He still loved them just as much. And he asked the question, who told you? So your next step can be disqualified by what's been said, what's been done, your mistakes. It's all in the past. And I'm telling you, if you take that step and make that shift and let go of everything, let it burn, let it go, make it a point that there's nothing to go back to, you'll go up and you'll go in the things of God and you'll begin to experience things you never experienced before in the Lord I know this because I've done it people get oppressed I'm like who told you those things people don't want to live any longer who, who said something and sometimes it's your own mind of your own past and you disqualify yourself where God has already taken care of everything for you to be promoted and to move on. Y'all getting this? Yes. Who told you? I'm going to finish right here, but you know what's scary? The whole, this generation, they're living by the words of man. Whatever's being said in the news, whatever the doctrine is going around, in the natural, the news of men. I mean, like, you know, there's more than two genders. You know, our history being revised or done away with. And, you know, all of these things that we've lived by for so long, and now these young people, they don't understand anything. They don't understand how this country was built. They don't understand the Judeo-Christian values that the foundation of this country has stood upon. And you know what's scary? They have nothing governing them. They have not the word hid in their heart. So they, they're going to go with the words of men. There's no stopping it. There's no stopping it. 
unless the word is preached, unless the word is heard, unless Jesus is introduced, unless Jesus is presented. It's scary. You wonder why people want these things. They don't have the foundation you have. They want the U.S. disarmed. They don't have the foundation you have. They're strictly running on the words of men and politicians. Are y'all here? And so unless they get the gospel, unless they receive Jesus Christ, there won't be a shift in their life. They'll keep going in the wrong direction. The shift comes when they get a revelation by the Holy Spirit of who Jesus Christ is. All of a sudden, everything makes sense. All of a sudden, everything, the dots begin to be put together. Y'all got this? Yeah. I can tell because the gum is being chewed fast. <laughs> I'd like an army myself. And when you get in ministry, I would like you to have the same thing. Men and women of God that are not ashamed at anything that the Lord calls them to do. You have to become a fool of Christ. You have to get used to people laughing at you and mocking you. You have to get used to people saying, I can't believe you go to that church and stay in there that long. I can't believe you give all your money to the kingdom of God or whatever that's all about. I can't believe you indoctrinating your kids. I can't believe you can go single. I can't believe you're not sleeping around. Let me introduce, you know, all of this crazy stuff. Shift! I pray, Lord, this morning, the shift be made. Some of y'all are gonna shift from stress to rest. I said, some of y'all going to shift Amen. from stress to rest. <laughs> from stress to rest. From stress to rest. Some of y'all are going to shift from not having much, from having too much. Some of y'all are going to shift from uh, not understanding the grace of God and forgiveness to the place of sheer joy in the Lord because you begin to understand the value and the purpose and the provision of the blood of Jesus Christ. A shift, a shift, a shift, a shift. There's people in this room right now. Nobody ever measured you right. Everyone ever, everyone always looked down on you. You are always in their mind and your mind inferior. There's a shift coming. God's going to elevate you. God's going to promote you. And you're not going to have the heart to say, I told you so. You're going to be humble because it's the hand of the Lord upon your life. There's people in this room right now contemplating, planning to let go of some things. Just let it go. Let it go by the grace of God. Get your hands off of it. I pray it be broken off of you. If it's attached to you by a spirit, I break that evil spirit off of you in the name of Jesus that you could be set free. Some of you have been deprived from some things of God. Been deprived. Maybe it was your wrongdoing or somebody else's wrongdoing. And I break that cycle right now that you be set free by the blood of the Lamb. In Jesus' name. There's people in this place, you've been timid. You've been fearful. 
But God's going to break that spirit off of you because he didn't give you that spirit. He gave you a spirit of love. He gave you the spirit of the power of the fire and the presence of the Holy Ghost in your life that you can walk strong and be courageous and be... and.